from Windsor Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the More Human Podcast. We're going to skip the listener segments for a while and focus on our journey. Make sure to stay to the end to hear how to become a future More Human Podcast listener of the week. I'm really liking coming up with unique visuals for you all to ponder as we go on this journey and also to justify choosing these artsy episode titles. So if you're in a place where you can close your eyes, go ahead and do so. Get relaxed. Imagine yourself in a closet. Maybe not one that smells like an old box of crackers. Also, you don't really have to imagine yourself in a closet. (laughs) Anyway, imagine you're standing out on a path in a wooded area, surrounded by trees and sunlight filtering through the canopies, and the song of birds off in the distance. You see that it leads up to a single house, a home, your home. You walk through the trees and reach the house, and you open the door. The first room you enter is a pink room. You notice a television off to one side. There are couches and beanbags and chairs, and plenty of places to sit, but only a few spots directly next to where you sit, in your special seat. There are plenty of games to be played, shows to be watched, conversations to be had, and moments to be shared in the pink room. The pink room is always the loudest room in the house. It's where people gather when they come to your house. But today, nobody's here. Too many guests at once, especially guests that snoop around and move things in the other rooms, can make the house really cluttered, junky, and disorganized. Make sure you only bring people you really know into the pink room. On the right side of the room, you notice a door that leads somewhere. Let's go through it. So now we enter a room that's white. There's a big picture window at the far side of the room opposite the door, kind of like the ones you see in the trains that go through the mountains. There's a shiny, slowly spinning sphere with several odd shapes cut out of it, sitting in the center of the room on a white pedestal. The window changes its filtering color based on the light coming in from outside, and the colors and shapes move around the walls, ceiling, and floor. Sometimes the colors are quite pleasant, and sometimes they're quite frightening, unnerving even. Other than this pedestal and sphere, the only other object in the room is a cup sitting on a table against the wall underneath the window. The spout under the window pours a bit of water into the cup each time the light changes colors, which for some days is more than others. So make sure to come check in and drink from it as often as necessary, so it doesn't overflow and flood the whole house. There's a door on the same wall as the one we came in through, but it's on the opposite side. Let's go through that one. The first thing you see are plants hanging down from the ceiling and curving around the walls. There's also a window in this room against the far wall, though it's much smaller than in the white room. The light is important for the plants to grow, so make sure it doesn't get dirty and that nothing covers it up. There's a single, sturdy chair and desk facing the window, and there are two notebooks on the desk. One notebook has a seemingly infinite number of pages, and there's a floating pen writing in it without stopping, so long as there's light coming in through the window. The other notebook, the one on the right, is closed, and the cover is very colorful, and it's fancifully decorated with little stickers and doodles. Anything you write or draw in this book appears in the room, which seems to expand or shrink depending on whatever you write. In this green room, bookshelves line the walls, and there's a TV and computer sitting on a table off to the side. The TV and computer take up a lot of the house's electricity, 
and they drain the system if they're left on for too long. Across from the door we entered through, there's a door to another room. Let's go through that one. The first thing you notice in this yellow room is on one side is a ton of exercise equipment. Free weights, a treadmill, a jump rope, and whatever else you want to have in there. On the other side is a huge table with a bunch of your favorite foods on it. All of the foods you love, you can find somewhere on this table. Some of the food looks pretty good, and the rest of it looks pretty rotten, but you ignore it for now. In between the two sides, up against the wall is a huge mirror, of course. It's kind of dusty, a little warped, and it has several cracks in it. The reflection doesn't really look like you, but maybe sometime later down the road you can fix the mirror. There's another door in this room, across from where you came in, and there's a control panel next to it. This is where the house's power is controlled. Time for the last room. Let's go through that last door. It seems to be a little bit stuck. You really have to pull hard to get this one open if you haven't been inside before. But it's open now, so let's check it out. This room is a really light blue, and the first thing you notice is water running throughout the room on suspended tracks, winding and curving like a living river. There are no chairs, no tables, there's no desk. There are just candles all around the floor and a comfortable mat in the center. The candles are burning an incense. It's your favorite scent. What's your favorite scent? Please don't say hot dog smell. The candles seem to tell a story, if you're listening. They have a sort of mystic connection to the rest of the house. And if they go out, the house becomes very, very cold inside. Along the same wall with the door we came in through, there's another door that leads us back to the pink room, and now we're back where we started. In this neck of the woods, squatters and bugs and things like that can be a real problem if you aren't careful. So make sure you're keeping things clean and only letting people that you trust visit your home. In my home, as a general rule, I don't let anyone go beyond the pink room unless I really, really trust them. It might be best to accompany your guests either way. All right. I hope that made sense. <laughs> That's the end of our adventure for now. Let's do a quick breakdown of each room we visited, starting with the pink room. The pink room is the place where you entertain guests and make memories with other humans. It represents what I call the relational space, the social space. I define this as the health and well-being of the various relationships in your life. You might remember that I noted that we should only bring people we trust into the relational space, into the pink room. This is because once they are here, they can access any other part of the house, which could be really bad news if you let the wrong person in, which is to say, remove guests as necessary. It's your house. I also noted earlier that there are many seats, but there are only a few directly next to your special seat. This is because, as humans, we can really only sustain a handful of significantly deep, meaningful relationships. Though we can have plenty of other meaningful relationships with other humans to varying degrees. Next, we enter the white room, your emotional space. The big picture window changes the color of the light coming into the room, lighting up the room different colors. The light is directed onto the shiny sphere with the different shapes cut out, and the reflections that move along the walls and ceiling represent the different emotions that come through naturally and project themselves throughout the space. It's natural, and it's beautiful to see all the different colors in this room. If you remember, there was also a cup on the table, and the spout above it fills the cup with water each time the light changes color. 
It might sound a little bit complicated, and that's because it is. The process of the light changing color represents different emotions being experienced. Each emotion that's experienced fills up the cup a little bit more. The mechanism as a whole represents unprocessed emotions that need to be dealt with regularly, as by metaphorically drinking from the cup before it overflows. As you can imagine, letting too many emotions go unprocessed will slowly but surely flood the entire house. Big mess. Big damage. After the white room, we went into the green room, where we saw the plants growing, the bookshelves, the smaller window, as well as the TV, computer, and two notebooks on the desk. All of this represents your mental space. The books unsurprisingly represent knowledge, but sometimes these vines, these plants can cover up the books. The TV and computer are also unsurprising, as this is where we get a lot of information from these days. Note how I mentioned before that if we leave them on for too long, they can drain all of the electricity from the house. Ponder that one a bit. Besides this, the simple notebook on the left with a magic writing pen is a representation of your thoughts being written. As also noted, the thoughts are only being written while the light's coming in. The more colorful notebook on the right represents your imagination which makes different things appear in the room, for better or for worse. Keeping the plants green, healthy, and off of the bookshelves is the best bet for taking care of this space, and also make a doodle from time to time. Next, we have the yellow room, your physical space. This was a bit more on the nose with the workout equipment, food, and mirror, but the control panel is especially important here. The control panel controls the energy for the rest of the house. Your body cannot operate without having physical energy, of course. Also note the distortions and cracks in the mirror. It's really tough to maintain a stable, confident self-image. This is something that many people, myself included, have really, really struggled with. But we have one more room to get to, the blue room. In the blue room, we saw no natural light, but rather whispering candles. Candles that tell stories. We saw water running through suspended tracks all around the room. The blue room is your spiritual space. The moving water represents the vitality of your spirit, and the light from the candles represents your spirit itself. The door is sometimes stuck to get into this room, because sometimes we need to put a little bit more effort to really get into this space than we do with the others. If you have no spirit left, the candles go out. And if the candles go out, the rest of the house becomes very, very cold. Imagine that for a moment. Now, spiritual doesn't necessarily mean religion, though sometimes it can. When I talk about the spiritual space, I'm referring to the understanding of the self in relation to its connection with the world, with nature, and with the universe. The understanding of how you play into the larger story of the world, how you interact with the universe, and how your energy is connected to all of the other energies that have ever existed in some way shape, or form. So, why did I make up this elaborate charade? Which, hopefully, made sense. As it stands, when people think of the word health, the top of the mind thought is often physical health. You know, bumps, bruises, sickness, etc. But as humans, there's so much more to us than just that yellow room. There are four other rooms that we need to be mindful of. And these five, what I call spaces, of the self, to me, make up a person's holistic or composite health. If you ask me if I'm healthy, I need to consider all five of these categories before I answer. 
Am I physically healthy? Am I mentally healthy? Am I emotionally healthy? Am I spiritually healthy? And am I relationally healthy? All of these come into play in answering that seemingly simple question. Otherwise, my answer will be either incomplete or misinformed. It's only when we really engage in all five of these spaces that we can really return to who we are, apart from the cultural conditioning, apart from other people's opinions, apart from the unhealthy beliefs you might have been instilled with as a kid or maybe you picked up along the way. It's unlearning the toxic behaviors and habits and unlocking the person you were before the world started molding you to conform to its socially acceptable shape. It's a never-ending journey of self-exploration, as is the entire point of this podcast. You know, I'm going to be honest with you for a minute. I haven't really talked about the pandemic much at all up to this point because I didn't really want to. But in producing this episode, I'm starting to become very aware of the condition of my house, my home, and the different rooms within it. I'm starving for real, meaningful human interaction. I don't know when the last time I had a hug was. I don't get to see many people, and I miss seeing people smile and light up and laugh. I miss my friends. I miss my family. I miss the way things were when I left Germany in December. And you know what? It's okay to miss these things. This situation has been hard on most everybody, and admitting the different ways it has been hard for each of us is how we hold space for these feelings. It's how we identify them, we label them, and we express them. And ultimately, we process it, as I'm doing right now, and we take a step forward. Thinking about my white room, I'm drinking from the cup right now, which has honestly probably been spilling over for a while. But that's just where we are right now, and that's the truth. I love each and every single one of you listening, whether I've met you in person or not. And I love myself. And I love who we are and what we are. Humans, full of wonder and purpose and light and love. If you haven't discovered them before, here are the keys to your home. The rooms are yours to explore till your heart's content. And prepare yourself, because we've got some work to do. I love the More Human podcast. Elgin does an amazing job going deeper into concepts and ideas that we may have never truly thought about. It's really opened my eyes to how I navigate life and the things I pay attention to. Every time a new episode drops, I can't wait to get into it. From the music to the transitions and amazing takes, the More Human podcast is a standout to me. We should all continue to be more human. That review comes from Apple Podcasts, from mkddkm007 which i think is my homie milton milton if that's you much love brother if it's not you thank you whoever this person who seems like milton is and as i said in the last episode reviews go a really long way i won't sugarcoat it sometimes people need social proof to decide whether or not they're going to listen to a new podcast or buy a new thing or follow a new social media account Follow at More Human Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Wow. Sorry about that. So your written review over on Apple Podcasts will help someone else decide to give this podcast a listen. And it could land you a permanent shout-out on a future episode. It's a win-win. Anyway, 
from Windsor Heart Studios, I'm Elgin Davis, and this is the More Human Podcast. See you next time.